What's up, family? Welcome back to another episode of the 3310 Podcast. I'm your man, K. Mark. Man, I am excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for the last dance. The first part of the first part of the first two episodes of 10 of a 10 part docuseries of, of course, Michael Jordan and the 97, 98 Chicago Bulls, arguably team of the 90s, um, one of the greatest teams in, of, um, in NBA history. I mean, of course, you got Michael Jordan arguably the greatest player of all time well you know what yeah I'll say the greatest player of all time I don't care what all you Bron fans or anybody else says he's the greatest player of all um, of all time my podcast I don't care what you say <laughs> nah but then you got Scottie Pippen arguably one of the best all around players in the NBA one of the greatest sidekicks ever to play Phil Jackson the art um, one of the the contributors of the triangle offense team and uh, assistant coach Tex Winter Phil arguably uh, number two top two top three coaches of all time I mean, you got the Popovich's and pat riley and red Auerbach, but i mean phil feels that's, that's that's my guy feels my guy so that's my coach man so you got that and also i mean everything else that surrounded that squad i mean of course as a native chicago win um of course i mean this is definitely gonna bring back a lot of great memories to me especially kind of growing up in that age and seeing majority of jordan's career uh, I mean, I started watching basketball around like 1988, and of course, I me mean, being from Chicago, I mean, of course, I mean, I gravitate to the Bulls. I mean, my parents were Bulls fans. I mean, all my relatives were Bulls fans. I mean, even I mean, like I said, I mean, living in LA, I mean, I was always gravitated to the Bulls. I mean, uh, like around 1990, they started showing uh, Bulls games on WGN on uh, television. So uh, even living in California, I was still able to see my fair share of Bulls games, and of course, like when they would come out to play either the uh, Lakers and the Clippers, I mean, I would still be able to get some game, get a couple extra games. Of course, and of course, um, when games are shown on NBC or CBS, I mean, I'll also catch those too. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited. Um, I'm definitely, and I'm recording this whole thing just so I mean. I can like look. Um, I definitely want to see. It's a lot of things that I'm. I'm definitely looking to kind of get from the docu series. Um, I know they're definitely going to be like definitely recapping the 90, 1997, 1998 season. I mean, that was a team that was coming off their fifth championship of the um, of the decade. And going into the '98 season, there was a lot of uncertainty, um, especially. Uh, the return of them coming back in 9798 to defend their title. I mean, you had Phil Jackson's uh, constant squabbles with uh, management, Jerry Krause and Jerry Reinsdorf. Um, you got um, Scotty um, upset with his contract and also coming off foot surgery and just kind of in him also dealing with his impending free agency and like will like would he come back i mean there was one uh situation where like they were in seattle scotty was out and he missed the first 35 games so during that time he um he had uh he was on the bus and he was screaming yelling cursing uh, at jerry Krause and wanted him to be tra- and scotty asked him demanded to be traded so um, that part is, I'm pretty, I'm willing to guarantee they'll touch on that because that is, um, a very intense point in the, in the, um, during that season. And then you got Michael Jordan, um, 
aging a little bit, uh, about 34 going on 35, trying to squeeze one last championship out. Um, he, his future, his future was um, was pretty much in doubt um, during the last championship celebration. I mean, he told the media, like, shoot, hey, we um, we have the right to come back and defend what's ours until somebody beats us. And he said that he's not trying to chair, uh, twist Jerry arms, uh, Jerry uh, Reinsdorf's arm. I mean, he said, and in quote, if it seems like it, but he's not. But and he and he made a he made a point. I mean, hey, I mean, let let's ride this thing to the wheels fall off. And and of course they did. But I mean, it's not. But it's not without a lot of drama, a lot of. Um, situations um situations that goes on that i'm pretty sure that they'll probably dive in a little deeper in uh, and then you got dennis rodman um his antics and what he gets into i mean i'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff that that come up in that series that i probably didn't even know of i mean and me i mean as a chicago bulls fan back in the day i mean i pretty much know a lot of the stories i mean just by just simple just knowing um, and like kind of just um, like following that team on TV like I did and throughout the um, the emphases of ESPN I mean, is not like it was today where like it was just full blown co- uh, cover stories or like where you have like today like PTI or around the horn and deb- other debate shows where they, they talk about every single to- uh, every little topic. It wasn't really like that back then. So um, it's a lot of stuff that, like I said, that I already that I already know about. But I'm definitely interested to see like the other the other stories that didn't really make it out to the news front. Um, I'm definitely interested to hear about that, and I'm also he- I'm also interested to hear about like some of the lesser known role players like Steve Kerr. I mean, even I mean, we all know what Steve Kerr is today, but it's like I mean, Steve Kerr kind of behind the scenes. I mean, Tony Kukoc, um, Luke Longley, Ron Harper, things like that. I mean, I definitely hope they. Um, they they kind of talk about them as well because they're because they're definitely a big part of the story. Um, things such as like um, Michael Stars, Jordan, like like his thought process going into games, going to that season habits. I mean, like like how like his attention to detail with with different opponents, how they guard them. Um, I, I just want to kind of just get in a sense for the first time we're really getting to the mind of this man because I mean we only know so much about him because he's pretty much kept himself guarded and he really doesn't do a lot of interviews um I'm definitely interested to hear kind of like where he where he's at where he where he's coming from um I'm also interested to hear about like um like certain stories maybe eventually they maybe they they may touch upon the gambling um, his retirement. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's going to come out maybe like the speculation about his um, his hiatus or that happened in 90, uh, 90, uh, 93, 94. I'm definitely interested to see if they touch on that as well as, I mean, just, like I said, I just wanted to see like a lot of behind the scenes with this guy because like I said, I mean, he, he's my favorite athlete of all time. And like I said, just as a fan of his, I mean, I just I just want to know more. Because like I said, we didn't really get that while he was playing. Um, I'm also I want to also know about like Phil Jackson, like his strategies. Uh, I want to see like how uh, like maybe how Phil kind of set up like certain game plan. His like the method behind the madness. I mean, we know how Phil likes to kind of um, 
go to the media about certain things, like let's say like about the Knicks or Detroit, or he'll say, hey, the Pistons, they get a, they get away with a lot of holding on pick and rolls or stuff like that. Um, I, I just want to hear like the method to his madness and also how he kind of kept all these egos kind of in one kind of in check. I mean, which is something that's very difficult to do, especially um, especially with multi-millionaire NBA athletes. And so I definitely want to see like kind of like what Phil's strategy is about that. I also want to hear from uh, about Scotty. I mean, I want to hear what Scotty kind of thought about going into that season. I mean, like I said earlier, he missed 35 games due to uh, having foot surgery. I mean, I know I, I do remember that he delayed um, getting that getting that foot surgery, which pretty much kind of kept him out for maybe the first uh, November, December. He didn't come back until Jan- like mid January, and yeah, I definitely want to hear like what Scott, like what was Scotty's thoughts about that? I mean, what Scotty thought about like the team at that point, how much like they actually needed his contributions? Because I mean, true, yeah, they got onto a um, a pretty slow start that season, and then I mean, Michael, I mean, of course, I mean, he kind of put on his Superman cape and pretty much kind of led the Bulls to the top of the East Eastern Conference before Scotty came back. I believe, yeah, they were on top of the East um, by the time Scotty came back, so. I definitely want to hear what Scotty felt coming back and, and like while he was out. And it's also his feelings about management because, I mean, we all, those who follow that team knows that Scotty did not have the best relationship with Jerry Krause. Definitely want to see what, what his thoughts about him were. Um, pretty much like kind of what I want the public to, well, really what I hope the public and some of the younger basketball fans kind of understand and what they take from out of this is that, I mean, hey, I mean, this dude was dedicated, the cold-hearted assassin. Um, I mean, he he was he he wasn't just all about scoring and a hot dog and selfish. No, I mean the man wanted to win. Just at times that his teammates weren't rising to that level, and I'm pretty sure like they'll definitely. Um, oh, another thing um, that I know that's going to be brought up is that how he was towards his teammates, and which is is always which has always been a source. Um, a source of dis- um, discussion re- regarding him, regarding Michael Jordan, and especially how they try to compare it to players like LeBron or something like that, where LeBron is more of like, um, he'll more kind of go to the media or go on social media and maybe throw some cryptic tweets out there or, or something like that, whereas Jordan was more like in your face, like, look, let's go. Hey, I need you guys to rise to the level that I'm at because I can't do this alone. But and then I'm pretty sure they'll touch on when the time that him and Steve Kerr got into it and Mike kind of dotted his eye a little bit. I'm pretty sure they're going to touch on that. So um, I'm definitely interested to hear Michael's and Steve's and maybe some of the other uh, members of the team about that particular situation. So um, like I said, me and going back to um, what, what I hope the the younger the younger generation kind of understands is that i mean this dude was more he wanted to win at all costs true yeah it may have rubbed some of his teammates um the wrong way but you know what at the end of the day i mean if you if you have to pay the price to be successful and if you want to just be all buddy buddy and and laughs and giggles and jokes i mean that's cool for for some but i mean but not for everybody i mean man i mean like i said i mean people kind of say oh 
Michael Jordan is a bad teammate. I I don't think so. I, I won't say that. I mean, the thing is, though, the man wanted to win. And, you know, hey, if that meant hurt your feelings, hurt your feelings in order to win. Hey, and if that and if hurting your feelings kind of get you to rise to that level that you need to be at in order to um, play in games such as like down in Utah in the fourth quarter in a pressure pressure pack situation, Indiana, a game seven, uh, a game against New York where it's down to the wire. I mean, man, if you can't, if you're not mentally able to step up and rise to that, uh, to that, to that moment, then it's really no need for you to even be on the team. So I think that's kind of where he's coming from. And like I say, I'm, a, I'm like I say, I'm from the outside looking in and just kind of like I say, just kind of reading and kind of what I know about Michael Jordan. I think that's kind of where his mindset is. And hey, you can't do it. Hey, you can't stand the heat. Get out and get the hell out the kitchen. And so, like I said, I mean, hey, that's just kind of just what what I want the public to gain. And then the fact of the matter in that just truly shows how great he was and how and how his career can span years and decades even after he stopped after he's played i mean the man hasn't played in the nba since 2003 and yet this man is still um followed by millions of and adored by millions of basketball fans um at the end of the day i mean if you 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 don't you you don't like him but at the end of the day you have to respect his career and respect the, um, the career he's he's carved out for himself. This docuseries, they're definitely going to kind of highlight, like I said, highlight the season. Uh, like I said, starting from, probably starting from uh, Paris where they play on uh, the McDonald's Open. Um, Jerry uh, Jerry Krause saying, I don't care, telling Phil Jackson, I don't care if you go 8-2 or no, you, you're not coming back. And then probably talk about like the his, Jerry Krause's love affair with <laughs> Iowa State's uh, head coach Tim Floyd um, going into the season. Scotty missing 35 games. Um, Bulls getting off to a slow start. They pick it up. The All-Star game with Kobe. Um, um, matter of fact, even the, the the two showdown regular season games between with Jordan and Kobe. Um, I'm pretty sure they're going to highlight um, – the, um, going into the playoffs, um, a lot of people and talk about especially how like a lot of people actually doubted the Chicago Bulls that that they will even make it back to a six um, to the finals and win a six championship. So it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And of course, I already know they're going to highlight the, um, the the seven game series with Indiana, the finals with Utah, um, Chicago having a chance to close it out at the United Center game five. Couldn't uh, came up short. But also highlight Scottie Pippen being injured, injuring, injuring his back, and Jordan have to virtually just carry the ball club on his shoulders and wield him to a sixth title. So I'm pretty sure they're going to talk about all that as well as like everything else that kind of happens afterwards and, and the ultimate breakup and demise of the Bulls of this franchise and kind of just how I'm just wondering if they're going to touch on how Jerry Jerry Krause's um, ability to rebuild that squad and how that flamed out and rest in peace, Jerry Krause. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest fan, but Hey, I appreciated what, how he built this squad. So I can't wait. Um, like I said, it's starting in about 20 minutes. So I'm heading, I'm heading up to the TV to watch. I already got my Jordan shoes on and, and my, my Jordan Jersey on. I'm going to literally just sit back and enjoy this. So anyway, this is your man K Mart for the 310 podcast. Hey, let me know what you think. Let me 
Now, what you think about the last dance? Hey, give me your Jordan moments. What do you feel about um, the the first episode of the um, of the last dance and going forward? So, with that being said, I'll catch up with you guys later. Peace. Wow. I just got done watching um, the last dance and the first two episodes. Great, 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 great. What's up, you guys? This is Kmart uh, and I'm back again. I just want to just kind of go over a quick little review on just some of the things that um, that I saw. And honestly, like I said, it was great. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it definitely brought back a lot of uh, memories for me. At that age, I mean, I was like, like I said, I was a like 97, 98. Yeah, I was a junior in high school at that time. And so, yeah, definitely brought back a lot of memories and some of this, um, the content that they showed prior to, uh, to 98. I mean, yeah, I was like elementary, junior high, high school, man, that it, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I really hope you guys did too. Hope you guys actually, um, uh, hope you guys learned something about, um, uh, Michael Jordan and those Chicago Bulls, and, and hopefully, I mean, um, hopefully the public kind of gains a new perspective about them, um, just about like how hard they they really worked at trying to trying to win, um, and just like the overall process of a hey, the the dedication that is needed in order to win the NBA championship. Um, just just a couple things that um, that I saw. I mean, hey, Phil Jackson. Um, sorry, Jerry Krause telling Phil Jackson, I don't, I don't care if you go 82 and 0, you're not coming back. And that's like, wow, that's, I mean, that's crazy to think like a, a coach that has won five championships for you to look at like, how the hell can you, how the hell can you tell a coach, especially one that has won championships for you and making you a lot of money that he can, he's not coming back. Yeah, I kind of had to explain it to her um, that, like, man, yeah, it was a lot of it was it was a big rift, um, and of course, I mean, hey, it's all ego driven. I mean, Jerry Krause wanted he wanted more more of more of the credit instead of it going to either Phil, Michael, or Scotty. He felt that hey, I put this squad together, I put everybody together aside from Michael Jordan. I I deserve some of this credit, and you know what? He actually, you know what? He does deserve credit. He definitely does. But I mean, to say that organizations wins championships, I mean, I, I see what he was saying, but to me, it just he went about it the wrong way. I mean, most successful organizations kind of their GMs or owners kind of stay in the back in the background. I mean, you look at uh, Jerry Jones from the Dallas Cowboys, George, uh, the late George uh, Steinbrenner from uh, New York. Um, there's a lot of out, um, owners and GMs that are out there that definitely try to make it more about them than the actual brand on the court or on the field. And that's kind of what I saw from Jerry Krause. And honestly, I blame Jerry. I put a lot of this. I mean, true. I will say this. I would take a lot. I would take some of that blame off of Jerry Krause and I would put it on Jerry Reinsdorf, who's the owner. And my thing is, though, I mean, you have a team that wants to continue to win championships, but yet you have this um, you have this GM who, pre, for the most part, just wants to um, get rid of the whole just tear down the whole the whole process and re, uh, rebuild it back up. It's like, no, 
Me, personally, I mean, if, uh, if I was Jerry Reinsdorf, I'm like, nope, nope. You know what? Make it work. We're keeping this together as long as they're winning. And and, and unless unless they unless they're knocked out or something like that. Nah, we're, we're, keep, we're keeping this we're keeping this band together. And I mean, I, honestly, my looking back on it, do I think they could have won it the next year in, in 1999? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, especially with the strike going on and you had like a lot of up and coming teams that were that were hungry. I mean, you had Indiana who just who was on the verge of knocking the Bulls off in 98 in game seven. They were they came back actually even better, I think, better than they were in 98 and had the best record in the East. And I think I'm not. And honestly, if um, they matched up again in the conference finals, I don't know. Chicago pulls it out. I really don't know. I mean, maybe New York, who was the eighth seed. In ninety eight, I don't know. I mean, New York was New York was pretty tough in ninety nine. Even though they had a a rough regular season, they turned it on the playoffs. They ended up making it to the finals that year. I mean, they had um, Allen Houston, um, Spreewell. They had Marcus Camby. I mean, that was a that was a stacked squad along with L.J. Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing, Charlie Ward. They had they had a nice squad in ninety nine. So I mean, I I, I definitely think that would have definitely made it a little that run a little bit more tougher in 99, especially coming off the dreary 98 season on how, like, they, like I said, they barely got to the finals. So, I mean, 98, 99 would have definitely been a very interesting season. Um, another thing that um, that they definitely discussed was Michael in college, how he came from Michael Jordan, well, Mike Jordan to Michael Jordan with the shot against Georgetown. And I like James Worthy, he said, I was the best player on um in that on that team for about three weeks and Jordan took it over. I mean, that just shows even worthy at that time. I believe um this was in North Carolina, him being I believe a soft going into his junior junior final final season and was arguably uh was gonna be the top player picked in that in um that year's draft. I mean, he could even see Jordan coming. Um Another thing, and I'm not gonna lie, I died laughing about this. And when they talked about the traveling cocaine circus, that was the '84 '85 Chicago Bulls. How Jordan went into um, was looking for his teammates. He knocked on the door, and he walked in and saw like a line of cocaine, women, marijuana, all that stuff. And Mike's like, Nah, I'm out of here. Shoot, he talked about, Hey, look, man, if they raid this place, I'm in. I'm liable to be in trouble like you guys. And it's crazy that, I mean, a lot of the the younger NBA fans, LeBron fans, they kind of bring up, oh, Jordan didn't make it out the play. He didn't make it out the first round. He's one and nine before Scottie Pippen. And my thing is, though, look at what he was playing with. He was playing with Orlando Woolridge, um, who, I mean, he was a great player. He was a good player. Um, Quinn Daly, um, who else? Who else? I can't I can't remember everybody. Um yeah, Quinn Daly was one of them. I mean, that team was pretty much, oh, Rod Higgins. Basically, that squad was just filled with drug heads and and weed smokers, man. It was it was crazy. And the fact of the matter is that this team had the third best uh, third worst record the year prior. Jordan to get them into the playoffs with that record. And I mean, true, yeah, they lost to Milwaukee, but still, still, it's like, 
I mean, that that's that's an achievement all in, in itself right there to carry that band of misfits to the playoffs that was on coke, doing all types of stuff. And and Jordan has even said this. That was probably like the most talented team I played on. But they, they, they just didn't have the work ethic. They were lazy. And you could definitely see that. I mean, you could definitely see that. I mean, there was something there, but they let other stuff get in the way. Then, of course, then the next year, they talk about um, when he broke his foot um, during the third game of the season, had to miss 60-something games, come back with um, come back with like 14 games left, and literally had to help will that team to the playoffs. And there had to play the arguably one of the greatest teams of all time, the 86 Boston Celtics with uh, four Hall of Famers, including Larry Bird, Bert McKell and Parrish, Bill Walton, Dennis Johnson. You also have Danny H. You have just uh, Red Auerbach in the um, running, uh, running the show as the GM. I mean, and of course, the famed Boston Garden. Jordan comes in and hits six, put 63 up on him, and, uh, even though they lost. But I will say this: the best part of that was LL's um, "I'm Bad." They played that on. Um, they played that on that montage of the 63 point performance. My God, that was one of the best things I've seen on there. That was badass. I'm not gonna lie. That was dope. Um, and then also uh, one of the things that I know that they, um, I, I was happy that they touched on was Scotty's contract. Um, as we all know, I mean, Scotty signed that contract in 1991-92 after they, the Bulls won their first title. I think it was like seven years, 17, 18 million. I'm, I may be, I may be off a little bit, but it was around that. And of course, I mean, yeah, I mean, Scotty being where he's from, like in a rural, rural Arkansas, pretty environment, private environment. I mean, he, he wanted the long-term security, but he was more of like, he wasn't thinking long-term. And it's funny, like after um, he signed that contract, I mean, that's when the league started exploding and all those salaries start to explode. And within at least within at least two years, that that contract was deemed horrible. Um, one of the and I put that blame on Scotty as also I put that on his agent because, I mean, his agent should have been like, look, hey, especially after at least winning two, like um, two, three in a row. He should have went back and say, look, we need to, we really need to renegotiate this contract because, I mean, Scotty has outperformed it. He's made the Olympic team. He's made two all-star, um, two more all-star teams. Um, he's been uh, one. Of, he's been arguably one of the league's best players, and he's getting paid lower than John Hot Rod Williams, who, <laughs> at the time when that contract was signed, was arguably like the second highest player play, uh, paid in the league behind Larry Bird. It's like, dude, it's time to kind of redo this contract. And so, yes, and true, yeah, Jerry Reinsor did say, hey, you shouldn't sign this contract. It'll be null and void in a couple of years, but Scotty needed the um, the insurance, especially since he had that back issue um, after his rookie year. I mean, you just don't know how how that's going to act up. So um, he signed the contract. Um, like I said, by the time 97, 98 came, he was the sixth highest played player on the Bulls team. And so. With that being said, I mean, I've seen some some of these, these cornballs on social media. Oh, how come Jordan didn't speak up for Scotty in his contract? I mean, you have to look at it. At that time, at that time where it's not like today where players have a bigger voice. True, yeah, Michael Jordan uh, should have uh, – true, Michael Jordan had a voice with the Bulls. But 
is one of those things where at that time it's like, dude, you really don't speak on another man's money. You don't speak on that. And for years, for years, Michael Jordan was severely underpaid. He was making between two and two and four million. And he didn't really start raking in his big contracts until 90, uh, the, his 96, 97, where he signed for 30 million. And I think his 97, 98, where he signed for, I think, 33 million. So he was severely underpaid last two contracts with the Bulls. So a lot of people really need to take that into consider into consideration before really just kind of spouting out uh, bull crap because it's like, dude, Michael was severely underpaid. So that was the reason why he rarely said anything because he was also underpaid. If you really, if you really go back and look at um, the pay structures back in those days, and my gosh, I mean, man, I'm just wondering, I'm just how some of these 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 players today just kind of look at it like, man, these players they they were still able to come out buster bust for 82 games a season, not take low management off, and playing and getting paid what they were getting paid. It's like now, it's like now, like the average player at the bottom of the bench is maybe getting at least between maybe five, like between three to five million. And you're barely even playing. You're sitting on the bench where back then you're maybe getting maybe about maybe about a hundred thousand, hundred to five hundred thousand at least. I mean, severely underpaid. So I mean a lot of the players today they really need to kind of pay homage to a lot of the the players from yesteryear because I mean without these without them they wouldn't get these two hundred million dollar contracts that they're getting now. So that's just my that's just my thought process of it. That's what I think. Um, also, um, one of the things that was definitely touched on was uh, Scotty's injury. Um, like I stated during the last show, Scotty injured his foot after season's playoffs in 1996-97. Um, he delayed having uh, foot surgery, which cost him about 35 games of that season. And basically kind of what the pack was between Jordan and, and Coach Phil Jackson and Scotty was that, hey, we come back, hey, we're going to come back. We're going to finish this thing out. We're not going to leave you on your la- on here on your la- on your last year of your contract without us. We're not going to do that to you. And so what Scotty did, Scotty true and after um, well Scotty agreed to that, but yet he delayed getting his foot surgery, which cost him 35 games, would definitely would would could have easily put that champion se- season into jeopardy because without Scotty, I mean, hey, I mean the Bulls are they're 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 a weakened team where you just really only solely have to concentrate on Michael Jordan and hope that the other um the rest of the squad steps up, which I mean, for the most part a lot of them did, but they're they're nice where it was tough for them to score, where you concentrate majority of your defense on Michael Jordan and then on top of that, then on top of that you had injuries that happened um throughout the season with um Jordan and I believe he cracked a knuckle on his shooting hand. I'm, I, I can't really remember, but I knew he had that. I knew he had a wrist injury. And, of course, he had, like, the tendonitis in the knee. So it was a lot of things that definitely um, kind of came about. And then Michael, like I said, he called Scotty selfish because it's like, dude, you already given your word to us that, hey, we're going we're gonna to finish this thing out together. We're not going to leave you here high and dry. And so, I mean, to do that, I mean, I think – if if they would have known, they they could have just said, you know, look, nah, we ain't we ain't coming back. Especially if you talking about missing half the season or not even coming back to play at all. And they're like, nah, we don't need this. So 
Um, overall, like I say, I can't wait to, I cannot wait till the next show next week. God, seven freaking days. So hopefully we'll be here before you know it. Um, really, I mean, really ESPN really, sh- they should have just dropped all 10 parts tonight just so we can get it over with. And just so we can kind of feed that appetite because we really need this because I mean, there's not really much like new content that's really out right now. I mean, there's like some docu, there's some other docu series like on Netflix and stuff like that. But it's like this right here is much needed, especially to the sports fans because there's no sports. Um, we don't know when the NBA is going to open things up, or or even if they're going to open up this season. I mean, you have Major League Baseball on hiatus, pro wrestling on hiatus. Pro football, um, pro football. I mean, they got the draft coming up this weekend, so I'm definitely. That's kind of like that's probably like probably the only live sport activity we're gonna get for a while. So, anyway, with that, um, once again, I'm your man Kmart. But um, just review the show. Um, give me your give me your honest reviews. Hey, if I deserve a five five star, four stars, two stars, one star. Hey, write a comment. Right into the show. Um, you can email me at the 310 podcast at gmail.com. So, with that being said, I'm your man, Kmart. I'll catch you with you later. Peace.